0: Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the leadership development podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back to the Spire Podcast, everyone. I have an amazing guest, Trey, who I had the wonderful opportunity to speak with during the 12-hour live event on the Teach Better team, and we spoke with Hans, Apple, and myself and Trey, and Trey had some amazing things to talk about social emotional learning, and we're going to dive into that topic tonight. So Trey, thank you so much for joining me once again.
1: It's my pleasure, Josh. It's a joy to be here and, and you know talk leadership, SEL, and everything in between, so thanks for having me.
0: So Trey, before we get into that really important topic of social emotional learning, will you just share with the listeners your leadership development?
1: For sure. So, I mean, right out of school, I actually played football at at Miami, Ohio, and I had a background in psychology. And so, it wasn't a traditional education leadership type of background. But once I came out of college, it was actually more of service learning. And so, one of my first two projects actually um, was with Johns Hopkins and Northwestern, where we went into uh, more urban cities and we did asset based community development. And that's where I really learned what it meant to build. Producers in a community rather than consumers. That might be something that we mentioned in the previous episode, but but that's where I'd say my leadership really began to begin, mm-hmm. um, or began to start and and from there just began pulling on the the service background. And I realized how much that the secret to living was giving and and how much my heart for youth was actually a heart for service. And and while I started off speaking which i thought was my vehicle to, to reach these students for 30 minutes at a time i, I recognized that i had to serve more than that and so um, in my community i served on the ymca board and several other boards and i served on city council as well i've served on city council for three years and in addition i'm, I'm serving the next generation through academics. So, you know, from those service learning projects, I went on to a residential high school position at the South Carolina Governor School, which is a residential high school. I was pretty much a a dorm director for junior and senior kids. And that's where I started to figure out the SEL piece. Um, And so from there, when I left, I actually started a consultancy, Damage Consulting Group, where I began being an emotional coach for teachers. Over three years, that parlayed into now my leadership position as a dean of students at a charter school that I have consulted with for 3 years prior we really began to build some major systems from a from a guidance and behavior standpoint there, so a non-traditional route, but I think that route is indicative of, of who I am. You know, I'm I'm liable to come through the back door. I don't have a master's degree, but I've got about five certifications. <laughs> you know, so it's I I just try to I make it work. I want to I want to serve people yep. and uh, do it the simplest way possible.
0: No, and I love that story because it's it's not traditional. You know, it's going in a lot of different directions, but getting to the same point and. Um, for those who are listening who may not know what the dean of students position is, um, I had the pleasure of, of serving in that role. And uh, I will say it was probably one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had <laughs> in, in my leadership journey. So um, for those who may live in a state or are working in a school that does not have a dean of students, what does that position entail?
1: So it's a lot like an assistant principal, you know, I'm actually at a K-12 charter school. So we're, we're a bit non-traditional with a lot of our naming conventions and things. So it's a, it's a position that's a lot like assistant principal and under my time. So what kind of falls under me is essentially all student experience and safety. That, that's everything for myself. But in our case, because we are a small school, um, I'm over a lot of the guidance department, college and career, early college program our attendance program, our facilities and IT um, help us support them, help us support the sped department, help us support the teachers, professional development. So it's really, really the gambit, you know, whatever else is asked. me, I do a lot of the communication for social media um, at school as well. So it's, it's hands-on um, um, people. I've got about three offices and I have no offices because <laughs> depending on the time of day or what's going on, I'll be on any part of campus just taking care. I, when Our custodian's out, I do his job too, you know. So it, it's wh- whatever is needed, that's where I, where I fit in, really, and, and all from the standpoint of, of what's going to be the best for students um, and parent facing work as well. So it, it's, it's the gambit, especially at a smaller school like ours where we're wearing several different hats. Sure, as you said, you know, you've had roles
0: where you've wanted to serve, and so this sounds like a perfect opportunity for you to do that. Um, which is also another piece is the social emotional learning piece. I know you have a great deal on your campus as far as implementing that. So on your school, what does social emotional learning look
1: like? One hundred percent. Well, and I'm fortunate to be at a school PDMST. I've got the shirt on now that has emphasized SEL since its inception, um, which now we're in our eighth year. So since the school began, there's been the charter was written with an SEL component included. So when I got to the school, they actually helped introduce me to SEL. I first knew it as emotional intelligence. And once I found out it was SEL, you know, we began to run with it. But what we started to do essentially, we used a, a positive action curriculum, a lot of PBIS type of stuff like that. And it took us a while to get rolling. But once the project was handed to me to give us this program, we took a very systematic approach. And that's where Castle came in, in the school-wide guide to SEO. So we, I took about a year or, or at least a semester and in, in really dug through that rubric, dug through the resources, and built the foundations of an SEO program so that we could implement a program with fidelity. So we're in year two now of adopting a school-wide systematic approach with an evidence-based program. And, And it's going pretty solid so far, considering all that we're facing, but but it's been a real journey that way. I mean, outside of school, again, as a consultant, I'm helping a lot of schools build their adult STL capacity. So that that's a big place where, where that service goes into as well, outside of my daytime role as a dean of students.
0: So Trey, let's talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up because- you said adult social emotional learning, and I think that's a component that a lot of people don't realize exists. We always talk about social emotional mm-hmm. learning for our students and what that may entail, but what does adult social emotional learning look like to you? Yeah,
1: well, in a lot of ways, Josh, it doesn't exist. When, I just went on YouTube last week and I typed it in. It doesn't come up. It, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't exist. You're not going to find many programs. I, I found Second Step has a program. Edcert or Architecture education has a program, there may be three. Sure. Um, and we've got one now two, but if you ask me, it's it should be the prerequisite to SEO. So if you think about implementing an SEO program, in a lot of cases you're you're giving your your teachers a curriculum or you're having an initiative that you want your school community to push forward, but they have never built the skills that they need to deliver the information in the first place. Mm. So there is literally no teacher support program. In the United States that builds four or more of the competencies aside from DC which isn't a state that's why I say oh <laughs> uh, that's the only place that has four or more competencies in the teacher prep program right. that teach the adults those skills so you know we're getting to a place where when you have low social emotional learning or low emotional intelligence mm-hmm. you're, you're more likely to feel misunderstood you're more likely to get in conflicts you're more likely to feel uh, jealousy, envy, you're more likely to be burnt out. And so as much as we want to give this to our kids, how can we really expect to impact our, our kids if we're not supporting our teachers? Right. And so I, if you ask me and, and what I'm pushing here right now is that before you even start to implement your SEL program for students, you need to spend at least a year focused on supporting your adults. Mm-hmm. And just giving them what they need because the research shows that just by supporting your adults, it improves students' social, emotional, and academic outcomes. We want that as the end result, but they don't have the capacity, so we've got to build that first.
0: Yeah. No, I love that piece. Because I think it's so important. Our our teachers are, especially right now in the pandemic, I mean, there's so much work that's been added to their plate, especially those schools that are doing virtual and face-to-face or hybrid model. So what are some things that you're doing to help support your teachers?
1: so for supporting our teachers i think the simplest way is is having a monthly plc meeting with that's focused on seo right. so we have an seo team and that's that's something we adopted this year in previous years i was trying to do stuff on my own we adopted a team this year and the goals for the year we outlined accountability structures for our seo implementation so that at any point in time we can come in and check hey what lesson are we on? Am I doing every day? We've got an observation schedule. So that's just from the support standpoint, but from that adult SEL piece, once a month, we're coming in and you know, month one, where we're reviewing the goals for the year. Month two, we're focused on teacher self-care. Give one, give eight was the strategy that we used. Month three was just a check-in circle where, where we just come in together and, hey, let's close out the semester. What, what's going on? Let's reset. So every month, we're, we're focusing on uh, one of those pieces that, that is social-emotional competence for us as adults.
0: Give one, give eight. I got to ask, what is that?
1: So you're, you're basically, um, you're giving one strategy. If you had a group of 10 people, I would give you one strategy that I do. So I would tell you that every morning, I wake up. I, I, I pray. I plan my day, and I get some breakfast. And so that's my strategy. That thirty minutes for self care in the morning is what I get. So I, I gave you one strategy, but eight more people are going to give me eight strategies, okay. one strategy each. That's going to be eight total that I can use to move forward. So there's actually a prompt from Castle that has like a um, a grid of nine things, like eat, exercise different prompts you can say of how you give yourself self-care and then you just take turns answering those and sharing in your p we did it in the plc meeting mm-hmm. i think i said that we took five minutes to write down and fill in the blanks and then we all went around and shared one of our strategies for self-care some of them we adopt some of them we modify for our own you know and some of them you leave where they are so how has that been received by your staff i think very positively um, I think, especially right now, we're at a place where you know I, I've I've had situations too where I've sent one sentence emails that have have brought teachers to tears and into my office and and it's we at a we're at a place this year where all of our emotions, all of our walls of defense are down and we're so raw and we're so sensitive and we're so emotional. So I, I think that we our, our teachers have been so joyful to get rid of expectations for a minute mm-hmm. and to just focus on them. And, and what we've heard is they they just want to see us walk as administrators, they just want to see us walk through their classroom. Right. That they just want they just want to say, hey, we appreciate you, we see you, we know you're here. Hey, can I give you a break real quick so you can go and, and do what you need to do. So they they want that. And so by us taking the time to talk with them, we see what they need and, and a lot of times seeing places where they might not feel always comfortable coming to, to me because I'm busy, because I'm always running around and they don't they they don't want to interrupt me. But it's like, hey, when have I ever said no to you? Right. You know, but but there's just so much going on. So being intentional and taking that time to stop and say, Hey, let's put the person first mm-hmm. and let's focus on you for a minute. What what's going on? Right.
0: So as a Dina student I mean, you said it yourself, you're, you're in charge of the, the student experience, which, of course, we also know that that goes into student behavior. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with that, what are you doing to be proactive versus reactive? Because I, I know when I was a dean of students, that was always something I struggled with.
1: So it's, it is tough right now. Uh, fortunately, we haven't had, with kids not on campus, there's been very minimal discipline issues. Sure. I know that this coming semester, what we've tried to do more of is is give those students opportunities. So um, one example is we expanded student government from four or five people to over 17 people. Now, everybody's not showing up right now, but that, that pool has doubled to two or three times. And so um, with that student government, we're looking to create a newsletter. We've already invited four different speakers to campus to keep students engaged for our college and career development. I did have some one-on-one IGPs with like our eighth graders to see what they're interested in. In terms of careers, I had one kid tell me he wanted to start a tow truck business. I thought that was genius. Um, so, So taking that time, oh, this is what you're interested in let's get you a job shadow experience. The college and career prep has really been, um, for middle school, a place that I've leaned on to give students something to look forward to and to move forward um, with that way. Job shadow, different career information system, cluster type stuff, they love digging into that and learning about themselves. And, excuse me, That's that's been a place that's been really good for me to, to lean on for middle school students staying ahead of that behavior.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash Now let's get back to the episode. Trey, I want to talk about a, a few of your projects, one being your podcast. Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening and may not have heard your podcast, what is that project all about?
1: That, thank you very much. It's It's challenging meaningful, significant conversation. And every week, our goal is to provide you with um, value consistently for free. So on the episodes, every week, we're featuring educators who are solving problems for school communities. And the cool thing is, it's been over four years now. Um, Actually, on February 3rd, 21, it was four years, and we've got over 185 episodes. So it's really cool. The first 72 episodes, actually, when I go and speak to kids from college, high school, middle school, I point them to those first 72 episodes because it's its really just me, a 23, 24 year old young man asking questions to, to experts and, and with the, the mindset of figuring out, hey, how would you become successful? What's your story? What's the pain that you've overcome? in your life so a lot of youth can connect to that um, and it's really where i got a lot of foundations from my book and then after episode 72 up to 180 that's where we focused on school leadership on sel on diversity equity inclusion and and it's much more uh, adult And so that shift was part of a realignment for me as a business with my podcast was separate and i had my education consultancy was another business but now they're, they're all lined up together where my podcast in my business, that they, 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 we're all focused on SEL, we're all focused on service and giving back to education.
0: So you brought it up, Trey. Your book, man. <laughs> What's hey, the book about?
1: Every decision counts. Eight lessons they wish I wish they taught me in school. So point yeah. was the first year that it came out and, and did real good. You know, we had some again colleges, high schools, adults that have really loved it. Uh, just shipped a, a, a case out to um, Savannah, Chatham County. For some of their students, so it's it's eight chapters. It's every chapter has a workbook section to it, mm-hmm. and some of the stories are just really real. Um, it's representative. I think the the three words that I've got is applicable, authentic, and relatable. You know, are the things that you come. My little brother drew the cover, and from my standpoint, every. Every chapter is a letter to an individual. Hmm. So I said, Dear Josh, here's what you need to know about making every decision count. Right. Here's what you should know about making new mistakes. And so they're all just really firsthand experience lessons that you actually get to practice. And some of them are internally reflective, some you reflect with your peers, and some you reflect with your elders. So there's a variety of different lessons and ways that you can get value from the book. And the, the favorite chapter has been number two about only quality people and who you're surrounding yourself with are you surrounding yourself with sharks who are always moving forward or or crabs who only pull you down and so that that it causes you to evaluate the the five people that are closest to you in your life are they crabs or sharks and and you know who do you want to be around you so that that's really resonated with a lot of the students that i've read the book with
0: yeah that's such an important thing and I talk about that with my own students also about like your inner circle and and that influence mm-hmm. on them. But it also translates to leadership, right? So were you real intentional about surrounding yourself with people that were going to build you up into your leadership journey?
1: One hundred percent. I've been so blessed, Josh, especially as, as a black man in America, to have really strong family foundations and ties. Uh, we've got a family Bible that goes back to the mid 1800s, where where I can see some of our legacies. Wow. My 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 grandfather um, and, and his brothers were born in Mississippi, and I've still got the stories of of how we owned 500 acres of cotton and how um, one of my uncles was the meanest man in Mississippi, and, and how we migrated up north. So there's there's definitely um, a sense of privilege that I've got to to know my family so well, and I've seen uh, my father serve as as the third. Black judge in the 200-year county of um, uh, northern Indiana. I saw my my grandfather go from from picking cotton in Mississippi to being a, a serial entrepreneur. The name of my business, Gamage Enterprise, actually came from him. So I've restarted his company. Um, I've got a cousin in Atlanta that that's a solicitor, and um, you know he's he's a man of service. So I, I've I've not had to look very far. To find leaders in my life, my mother always put me in in situations. Civil rights heritage. I remember being in middle school, going to Underground Railroad museums and, and stuff like that. So I I've, I've been very blessed to be in an environment, people, and born to people. You know, not much of this was not by choice. It was by grace that I was born into the family that I'm in, the people that are with me, so that I can have all the opportunities that have come my way.
0: That's awesome. I love it. And you brought up your your business. For those who are looking for social emotional learning help, or you know, like you talked about, maybe building something for adults in SEL, how can they get a hold of you? And and what is that business all about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So part of my pivot from the pandemic was how do I continue to add this value to educators without being face to face? So uh, a, a large portion of of my business as a consultancy was going into schools and providing you know, one hour to four hour professional development training around adult SEL. But the question came, how do you continue to provide that training when you can't show up? So a lot of the trainings that we had that I was going to schools to do, we just converted to a digital format. And so now I've got a, a bundle of seven courses and we continue to add courses as we go. Many of our podcast episodes will, will be converted to episodes that are available as an adult SEL curriculum. So every month, so month one, you kick off with the Emotionally Intelligent Educator. We've got an evidence-based EQ assessment. You could say SEL assessment, where we begin to basically give you a prescription and a diagnosis of your personal and professional development plan through the year. And then so our courses from that point From goal setting to to building a teacher mastermind, help you build the steps to becoming a socially, emotionally competent teacher so that the following year, when it's time to implement the school-wide project, your whole community will be ready to roll.
0: And for the listeners, I'm going to have everything in the show notes. So Trey's podcast book, his website, so that way you can get connected with him. And Trey, if they're looking to connect with you on social media,
1: how may they do that? Absolutely, I, I think I missed that part. So I'm I'm at Trey Gamble on everything on social media: Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and and even the podcast. If you type in my name, that actually comes up before the po- the podcast. The dash. There's a couple of knockoffs out there. So type in my <laughs> name is the right one. As for our website, I mean, I've got my personal website, TreyGamble.com, but where you really need to go is SelEducators.com. That's where our courses are and all the information for adult SEL skill building.
0: Trey, I love having the last question be about our aspiring leaders. So for those who are listening, want to enhance their leadership journey, but may not know how to do that, what is something they can implement maybe tomorrow or next week?
1: Mm, I mean, I I think the the best thing to do is start with yourself. If you're not taking a moment for yourself. In the day, I have an hour-long commute now, so I've committed to my first 30 minutes being... Um, an audiobook. book. I bought the subscription to Audible, so I've, I've got to take at least 30 minutes a day dedicated to myself, because how, how can I be a leader and pour into somebody else if I haven't time, taken the time to pour into myself? If I'm not good for me, I can't be good for anybody else. So that that's my number one, is, is find 30 minutes to um, take care of yourself great strategy
0: love it and trey is also a part of the teach better podcast network and i'm so honored to have you a part of the group you bring so much value to this topic of social emotional learning and in leadership and trey i just appreciate you so much
1: thank you sir i appreciate you so much for having me and the teach better podcast network